Get that fun feeling in the morning. Hey, there is a new podcast out. It's called The Clink, Real Stories of Redemption. Um, it's released each Monday, and it's an ex-biking enforcer speaking to people who've spent time in prison. Um, so, you know, you get that that look behind the prison walls to get the true story. Which you love. I do have a strange <laughs> obsession with, with it. it. <laughs> well, I just love true crime and all that sort of stuff. Um, and Brent Simpson um, joins us now. Good morning, mate. Good morning, guys. Thank you for having me on your station this morning. Yeah. Brent, you're the host of it, but as the host, you have gone through a bit of a troubled life yourself. Yeah, I I actually spent many years in jail myself. Um, Grew up on the streets of Sydney as a um, a child that was uh, abused both sexually, physically, and um, yeah, wasn't wasn't the most favourable start to uh, my life. Now, Brent, for someone who spent some time in prison... And I guess we, we've talked about the conditions and stuff like that. Yep. How hard was it for you in there? Look, it was terribly hard from that point of view. I think just from the fact of being a father, um, my, my wonderful partner was four months pregnant and um, I was looking at a 10-year sentence, my last one. Um, so, you know, it wasn't um, easy times at all. Mm. You, you hear the word bikey um, and you're an ex-bikey enforcer. Um, and we've had a lot of trouble with that here in Queensland, especially, you know, on the Gold Coast and, and stuff like that. How do you get into a bikey gang? Like, how does that happen? And then I imagine it's just as hard to get out. Oh, look, to be absolutely honest with you, these are some things that I just won't talk about. Mm. Um, I know it's probably not what you want to hear, but, um, you know, I have always stood by that. There's some things that um, I just won't talk about, and that's going into a club and uh, getting out of a club. Um, and yeah. <laughs> Are you not allowed to, Brent? Like, I know that's asking uh, what you just said. Do you know what? I, I, to be absolutely honest with you, <laughs> I, I just think that it's, it's something that, um, you know, shouldn't be discussed from the point of viewers. It's, um, you know, it gets political and I, I'm not about all the politics to do with the club life. Um, I had a lot of good years in the club life. Um, I was in it since I was a young person and there's a lot of good men. Um, the way things are today, I personally wouldn't be a part of a club, but mm. that's just my choice. Um, you know, I'm not here to judge anybody that is or isn't. Throughout this podcast, you'll speak to um, other people um, who have been in and out of jail. Do you believe that people can be reformed? Absolutely. And I think sometimes you have to hit rock bottom for that to take place. Um, you know, there's people out there that are happy to stay in that way of living. Um, you know, it's not something that is to be glorified by any means. Um, you know, with the podcast, it is stories of redemption. So the guests that I do have on that I'm um, privileged to interview are people with um, some pretty shocking stories in the beginning parts of their life and um, that have come out the other side and hopefully that inspire others to want to achieve something better in their life. Must have been terribly hard for your wife on the outside. She must be a remarkable woman to stay by your side that whole time. Yeah, absolutely. 16 years together and, um, you know, I I think that... uh, I'm forever grateful and a better man, father and, and husband because of her. Um, and, you know, it's not always easy and they're doing the time on the outside as well. And this is something that we'll definitely talk about in episodes to come. Um, we will be doing a, a segment on what it's like for the other half to um, be out here running a family and, you know, the daily goings on whilst their partner is incarcerated. I just want to go back to when you said um, there's some there's some really good men in bikey um, clubs. Um, 
by that, do you mean that there's there used to be higher morals, or there there are although there is a legal activity going on, there's some sort of code to it where, um, you know, people who aren't involved don't don't get dragged in. Or what do you, what do you mean by that statement? Exactly as I said, I mean there's good men in everything that you do. There's good men in football teams. There's good men in um, business. There's good men in bike clubs. Um, look, I I don't get around sort of running off my past in reference to being an ex-club member. Um, it's not something that I dwell on, talk about, belittle or, or glorify in any way, shape or form. It is my past. Yeah. Um, and to be absolutely honest, it's something that I'm proud of because of where I am today. Mm. Had I not walked these paths, I wouldn't, um, wouldn't be where I am right now. So when you did jail time, was that to do with things that you did as part of the, the biking no. gate? No, no okay. nothing yeah. at all to do with the club. Oh, okay. Yeah, uh, right, okay. Is there, because you talk to um, prisoners on the podcast uh, and ex-prisoners and stuff, is there like a, who's the Tom Cruise of prisoner, the one that you'd really like to get that you, you'd oh. be like? Look, I, I think I've been really blessed in my first two episodes of uh, The Clink. I was able to interview uh, John Killick, who was um, the fellow who escaped from Silverwater Prison in Sydney via helicopter. Now, I don't think we're ever going to see that ever happen again mm. in any uh, Australian prison. Um, It'll be a drone it's... next time, Brent. They'll change up the uh, <laughs> an Uber drone. will come and pick him an up. <laughs> Mate, I, I, look, to be honest with you, I don't even think you can get a mobile phone close to the jails these days. I mean, yeah. they've they've got all these blockers in place, and and look, you know, it is what it is. It's the future, and we've got to move forward. But John Killick, his story is um, something that I said that, that you know you'll never hear again. But you know, Bernie Matthews. Bernie Matthews is another man who um, has won two weekly awards as a journalist. Uh, he's a master's in journalism. He has a story that we've just uh, put out as of today. Uh, it's a two-part episode. And if you want to have a real good listen of somebody that's um, been in the thick of it all, right from the beginnings uh, of floggings and some very terrible things that happened back in those days, it's a story that Bernie delivers. Brent, you, as you said, you've experienced thing that, things that a children, a child never, ever should have experienced and no doubt yes. that g- gives you nightmares still. Absolutely. Have, have you also been haunted by the people that you've committed crimes against? Like if you've held someone up, you know, through a robbery that you've been honest with, you've admitted, do, the, do those faces haunt you? I don't think it's something that haunts me. Um, look, I, I, I look back and I, I do think of... Now, as, as a man, as a, a man that's um, definitely seen life from a different size of what my actions could have caused um, the victims of yeah. those crimes, definitely. Um, you know, haunt, I wouldn't use that word. It's a very powerful word. I mean, when a child's raped um, and sexually abused, that's trauma and, yeah. you know, that haunts my, my life. But, yeah. um, you know, I, I once again, you know, to say that you're regretful, um, I wouldn't be the man I am today had I not walked the path that I've walked. And, mm. you know, I've done a lot of good in my life, especially in the last five and six years, that I have truly tried to give back to community um, through charity, through my own actions. And and I think that there's a lot of people out there that um, try to make amends with their past by doing these things. Mm. You've got four children. They're 21, 13, 10 and 6. So you're a busy man. <laughs> yes. Um, uh do you, you're obviously very honest with your children about your past as well. I am. And I only just spoke about this on another podcast that I was a guest on. Um, you know, like the internet, 
you can't hide from anything these days. You've only got to Google, you know, a name and you can find out everything. Mm. Uh, for me, I think honesty is the key to a, a better fathering. Um, you you can't lie. And if you're going to lie, then, you know, as you, your kids get older, I think that it's going to actually reflect. And, and then, you know, what's stopping them from saying, well, you didn't tell me the truth. And next minute, mm. you know, the, the revolving door. Um, gently, yes, um, as my older children uh, know the stories. They also know, too, their father was the first in the world to cycle across Australia in 45 days to raise awareness for suicide and mental health. Yeah. So, you know, there's some great stories and media that they will read, which I have um, proudly uh, completed and been a part of. And there's there's stories there that they will, you know, come across that will shock them, I suppose. So for me, honesty is the key. It's interesting, you know, because when um, we were told we were doing this interview, the, and, and I know this is very stereotypical, the way you speak and the way you hold yourself is not what I was expecting yeah. in this interview. You know, someone writes on a piece of paper, um, you know, Brent Simpson, ex-bikey. Yep. You, you expect, I don't know, you just expect someone a bit rougher, but you actually, if I, if someone put you on the phone and said, what does this guy do? I would say he's a journalist. Can you ham it up a bit for us, Brent? No, but look, to you, me, absolutely honest, you know, honest with you guys, the yeah. last two years I've pretty well spent driving long haul semis around Australia. Hmm. So, you know, I, I've been paid to um, experience some things that most would never through my, my job. And, you know, then... With also what I've done over the last, you know, five, six years, there's been a lot of media, a lot of small documentaries and interviews, and I've had to learn to basically educate myself. Mm. Um, I, I didn't get to go to school and complete all the paths that most people do. My street, the school for me was the streets, mm. uh, which led into gang life as a young person, which led into club life, and obviously many, many years of jail. Um, would, I, I, I'm kind of grateful in a lot of ways. Would you say that people having an expert that's sometimes why we can't break the circle of crime is because once someone's committed a crime, we tar- tarnish them with a brush and say, that's who they are. They can never change. And so if society doesn't give them the opportunity, then well, society, society, I believe, look, we're all responsible for our own actions. I'm not going to sugarcoat anything here. You know, like mm. you've got to put your hand up and own it. Um, and if you commit the crime, you do the time, but re- redemption is a massive, massive, word that we need to really take note of yeah people make change you know um if somebody cooks you a bad meal you send it back to the kitchen the kitchen redeems itself sends you out a better meal you know what's the difference with a human being going out and you know that you don't know what that person's gone through at that stage for me mine was you know dealing with being abused as a child having no family living on the streets fending for myself um Yes, I did crime um, to survive, which then obviously led on to other things in life. But that was my education. And there's thousands of people out there that have had to live those life and much worse. Um, you know, but where does somebody turn the leaf? Well, self-acceptance and, and wanting to better themselves and also then having society allow them to have a chance at bettering their life. What was your breaking moment when you realised that? Because hearing you talk is so philosophical, I guess, that we didn't sort of expect. Yeah, look, I, I, you know, I was looking at 10 years. So I ended up with a six-year jail sentence, as I said. My, my partner, she was pregnant. Um, you know, when I was sentenced, she was at the end of her pregnancy. And I'll never forget the judge saying that, you know, um, I should be started. For, and it was for commercial drug importation, mm. um, looking at a 10-year sentence. And all I could hear was this no scream from the back of the court and these tears. And at that point, I realised I've got a long journey ahead. We've got a long journey ahead, and this needs to 
come out at the end for a positive because there's no life. It really isn't. And the system today, it's there to strangle people. It doesn't help people. Um, and, you know, it, it's a tough road. What about you getting a job after? You know, you talk oh, about redemption. You kind of yeah. go, you know, you want to be honest and you've gone through this and you want to be yep. a better man for your family. And we talk about society trying to embrace it. What did yes. you do trying to get a job with that criminal record? Well, the thing is, you've got to try and get a start with someone that's willing to give you a start to build a platform initially. You know, I, I, I guess just kept knocking on doors. I was rejected many, many, many times. And there were so many times there where I really just thought, why am I bothering? You know, what, what is the purpose of making change? But then you stay consistent and somebody will open that door. Work hard, you know, have good ethic. And um, I think that if you can be honest with yourself and those that support you and help you, then you're going to actually allow yourself a better opportunity. I only, you know, I went and spent thousands of dollars in education and stuff like that to only be turned away. Like there's jobs that I've applied for that I'm fully qualified for mm. that, you know, it does cost thousands of dollars for your tickets and your licenses. And they go, mate, you've got a criminal record. We can't take you. Mm. Um, and it, it's, a, it's a sad truth. Well, we're talking to Brent Simpson. Um, he is the host of The Clink, stories of redemption from people um, coming out of prison. Before we let you go, um, I've, got, I've got a bit, as you've realised through this interview, I, I get a bit hooked on true crime. He loves it. <laughs> and um, we had a caller a couple of weeks ago say that a $50 note was found in his crab pot in Chelmer. He pulled it up out of the river, and I automatically thought someone's throwing a bag of drug money in there trying to hide yeah. it. Right. So we're now embarking on a fishing competition and trying to find stuff in the bottom of Brisbane River. <laughs> As an ex-bikey, what, what what do you reckon we're going to find? Is there? Do you have any knowledge of where there might be money or something in there? Listen, if I knew where there was money in the Brisbane River, I wouldn't be driving trucks for a living. But <laughs> in, in, all, in all honesty, mate, I would hate to be dragging the bottom of that river in, in anything because I think, you know, the amount of vehicles mm. and, and, and yeah, mate, it'd be endless. I just pray to God that there's there's no one missing that's at the bottom of that river. That would yeah. be terrible fine. Well, mm. someone did say mm. that they would believe that criminals are like, you know, are listening to this going, oh, damn, that's where I put the gun. Please don't. Oh, Please wait don't. a minute. That's where <laughs> yeah. I put the, uh, put the weapon. When you say get vehicles, you mean like getaway cars? Like they just drive oh, them in look, there and I sink them? I think, you know, there'd be a million stolen vehicles at the bottom of every river, yeah, you know, right. from Brisbane to the Gold Coast. Um, mm. That's one of them things, I, I guess. You know, you ever always hear these stories. I remember the Tweed River there a couple of years ago. They did a sweep of that, and it was just stacks upon stacks of vehicles. Yeah, right. Well, get your magnet, and you can come with us. <laughs> yeah, you can, you can come along. <laughs> hey, recycle, recycling's worth a bit of money these days. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, well mate, um, thank you very much. Every Monday, a new episode uh, comes out on all podcasting platforms. Brent Simpson, thanks so much for coming on. Thank you, and I appreciate your time. Thanks, guys. Good on you, mate. Well thanks, done, Brent. Thank you. Thank you. Cheers. Stop, I'll be in my... Get that fun feeling in the morning. Be 105.